I'm Maria Titizian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 7. In the news, heavy Azerbaijani military buildup around Nagorno-Karabakh and Armenia as fears of a new war mount. Three students arbitrarily detained by Azerbaijani forces at the Hakari Bridge are released. And amid escalating tensions, U.S.-Armenia joint military exercises to take place in Armenia next week. There has been significant military build-up by Azerbaijani forces around Nagorno-Karabakh, Artsakh, and parts of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border in the last several days. During a cabinet meeting yesterday, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan said that as a result, the military political situation in the South Caucasus has escalated significantly. Pashinyan went on to say that the anti-Armenian hate rhetoric has also further escalated in the Azerbaijani press and on propaganda platforms. The policy of encroachments against the sovereign territory of Armenia continues, he said. He also spoke about the September 1 Azerbaijani attack against the sovereign territory of Armenia that resulted in the deaths of three Armenian servicemen near the village of Sotk in Kerarkunik region and said, This provocation was preceded by the dissemination of fake news by Azerbaijan, falsely accusing the armed forces of Armenia of violating the ceasefire on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. Pashinyan warned that these latest developments show Azerbaijan's intent to launch a new military provocation against Nagorno-Karabakh and the Republic of Armenia, and noted that fake and untrue narratives are being circulated in an attempt to justify such a provocation. The Prime Minister said the situation requires the international community, the UN Security Council members, and other players to take serious measures to prevent a new outbreak in the South Caucasus. He added, at the same time, I underscore the commitment of the Republic of Armenia to the agreements reached in December 2021, Brussels in October 2022, in Prague and in 2023 in Brussels, as well as the November 9, 2020 trilateral statement signed by the leaders of Russia, Azerbaijan, and Armenia. Baku-Stepanagir dialogue within the framework of international mechanisms to address the rights and security of the Armenians of Artsakh and the unblocking of the Lachin Corridor in line with the February and July 2023 rulings of the International Court of Justice is significant. The Prime Minister said that despite Baku's ongoing provocations, Armenia is committed, ready and willing to sign a treaty on peace and normalization of relations with Azerbaijan. Now, Baku responded to Pashinyan by saying that his claims are political manipulation. Azerbaijan's foreign ministry said that in order to establish peace and security in the region, the Armenian side must give up its territorial claims against Azerbaijan, put an end to military political provocations, and stop creating obstacles on the way to the successful completion of the peace treaty negotiation process. While Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs responded to the statement by the Azerbaijani Foreign Affairs Ministry that was released on September 7 after the cabinet meeting by saying that Armenia is not interested in military escalation. It is now proposing mechanisms to exclude such risks, as it did previously, but until now has not received answers. Armenia is ready to discuss the introduction of other effective mechanisms as well. The ministry statement read that Armenia is dedicated and remains committed to the agenda of peace and stability in the South Caucasus, while emphasizing the need for similar signals from official Baku. It is obvious that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor, the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh, and the absence of a Baku-Stepanagir dialogue under an international mechanism, none of these contribute to the improvement of the atmosphere in the region.
This past week, Baku has been continuously accusing Armenian Artsakh of violating the ceasefire. Meanwhile, the Armenian side has been making counter claims. After spreading misinformation, Baku intensified tensions on the borders. This has been uh, what we have seen as a repeated pattern, where after accusing the Armenian side of ceasefire violations, Baku initiates new fresh border clashes. Yesterday, Yerevan reported that Azerbaijan, for example, fired at the Armenian positions of Norabak. This is again in the Kerarkunik region and the harvester, combine harvester working in the fields of Sarushen. This is a village in Artsakh's Askeran region. Artsakh's defense ministry denied Baku's claims that fortification work was prevented in Karvajar, Askeran and Marduni regions. And on September 1, Azerbaijan fired at the Sunik airport in Gapan. No Casualties were reported. On September 3, a civilian was wounded when Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire in Artsakh. The defense ministry reported that shots were fired at a water tank in the village of Changatakh in Mardagir. So these are just a few examples of some of the violations that did take place this week amid these mounting tensions and the buildup on our borders. On September 6, in a meeting with foreign ambassadors Armin Grigorian, uh, Secretary of Armenia's Security Council provided details regarding the buildup of Azerbaijani forces on the Nagorno-Karabakh contact line and along the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. He brought up the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh and emphasized the importance of efforts by international partners to prevent Azerbaijan's possible aggression. On September 5, the EU observation mission in Armenia tweeted that they have witnessed with concern the increased tensions and crossfire at the Armenian-Azerbaijani border and have reported the military and security developments to Brussels. Two days later, on September 7, the EU mission again tweeted that uh, it has increased its patrolling activity, among others, in Armenia-Azerbaijan border areas of Kerarkunik and Sunik to observe any military developments. The tweet also stated that the EU presence on the ground aims to contribute to calming tensions and EU impartial reporting on the situation. Well, Maria Zakharova, Russia's foreign affairs ministry spokesperson, announced that Moscow finds the EU observation mission in Armenia uh, to be ineffective, referring to the military clashes that had taken place a few days earlier on September 1. Now, yesterday, Artsakh's human rights ombudsman reported finally some good news that the three young men, Alan Sarkisian, Vaihov Sepian, and Levon Grigorian, uh, abducted by Azerbaijan on August 28 at the illegally installed checkpoint on the Lachin Corridor, were returned. They were detained for 10 days. The men were arbitrarily detained, in fact, as they were being brought to Armenia from Artsakh under the protection of Russian peacekeepers to continue their studies. Now, it's important to note that the three are in Armenia. They are not in Artsakh from where they were abducted. On September 5, in an interview with Arab News, Azerbaijani presidential advisor Hikmet Hajiyev made several remarks on the situation in Artsakh. He denied the existence of a blockade uh, in Artsakh and insisted that the opening of the Ardam Stepanagird Road would provide a direct line of contact and access between Stepanagird and Azerbaijan. Hajiyev went on to accuse Armenia of racism for not accepting food from Azerbaijan and refusing to open the Ardam Stepanagird Road. Um, so as a reminder, since August 29, Azerbaijani trucks carrying flour 
I think if I'm not mistaken, about 40 tons, uh, remained stranded on the Ardam Road. group of Armenians have kept the road closed, refusing to accept this uh, so-called humanitarian aid from Baku. In his conversation with uh, APA agency, Jehun Mirzoyov, the representative of the Azerbaijan Red Crescent Society, stated that they are stubborn and they will wait for as long as need be to deliver flour to Artsakh. On September 4, in response to a question by Azad Utyun on whether the opening of the Ardam Road has become a precondition to unblock the Lachin Corridor, the Armenian Foreign Ministry stated that the Lachin Corridor must reopen. That's all they keep saying, that the corridor must be opened. It added that when it comes to the possibility of also using alternative routes, it should be discussed through the Baku-Stepanagir dialogue under an international mechanism. On September 6, at the Council of Europe Committee of Ministers, the EU made a statement on recent developments around the Lachin Corridor, expressing concern for the continued restrictions on free movement along the corridor and the serious humanitarian and security consequences affecting the Armenians of uh, Artsakh. The statement voiced concerns about the hampered ICRC activities in the region and reiterated High Representative Borrell's call, as well as the ICJ, the International Court of Justice Order, uh, to unblock the Lachin Corridor. It went on to say that the EU has taken note of Azerbaijan's willingness to provide assistance through the Ardam Road, adding that it, quote, strongly believes the Lachin Corridor must be unblocked in line with past agreements and the ICJ order. The statement also mentioned that the EU is closely following the growing tensions at the border and calls for restraint and dialogue among all parties involved. It reaffirmed the EU's commitment to facilitate dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan and to support efforts to strengthen peace and security in the South Caucasus. On September 6, in response to a written question, EU High Representative Joseph Borrell made a statement on Artsakh on behalf of the European Commission saying, Armenia and Azerbaijan were discussed as a separate agenda item on June 26, uh, where the High Representative Vice President provided an overview of the deteriorating situation resulting from the almost total blockage of the corridor. He warned foreign ministers of the risk of a humanitarian crisis and conveyed the European Parliament's call to impose sanctions on Azerbaijan. Several member states expressed support for the efforts of the President of the European Council and the High Representative and voiced concerns over the continuous blockage of the corridor. Borrell went on to say that the EU has been closely following the situation and has repeatedly called for the full opening of the corridor. The statement also commented on the possibility of suspending the Memorandum of Understanding on Energy signed on July 18, 2022 with Azerbaijan, saying that at the moment it is not being considered. He added, however, the EU will continue to impress on Baku the need to urgently address the deteriorating humanitarian situation uh, in nagorno karabakh and the failure to adequately do so could have a practical impact on its relations with the EU. And speaking of the situation, on September 6, the Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention published a report on the risk of genocide by Azerbaijan in Artsakh. It uses the UN framework of analysis for atrocity crimes. We are deeply concerned about what is currently taking place and believe that it is genocide. There is much the world can do to stop the second Armenian genocide, but it must act boldly and swiftly, this institute said. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken 
uh, had a telephone conversation with Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev on September 1, this is last Friday, to express the United States' concern over the deteriorating humanitarian situation in Nagorno-Karabakh. He reiterated our call to reopen, this is a direct quote, to reopen the Lachin Corridor to humanitarian, commercial, and passenger traffic while recognizing the importance of additional routes from Azerbaijan. The Secretary underscored the need for a dialogue and compromise on the importance of building confidence between the parties. He pledged continued U.S. support to the peace process. This was in a readout from the State Department. It's interesting that this conversation uh, took place on September 1, but it was only released on September 6. And yesterday, Yuri Kim, acting U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, had a telephone conversation with the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan. She described the call with Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehum Bayramov, as a, quote, constructive conversation on progress toward immediately and simultaneously opening Lachin and other routes to get humanitarian supplies into Nagorno-Karabakh. Opening routes and direct talks are key to resolving outstanding issues. And she said, welcome the release of the three students. In her call with uh, Ararat Mirzoyan, Armenia's foreign affairs minister, she expressed the United States' serious concerns over the humanitarian situation. We urge all sides to work together now to immediately and simultaneously open Lachin and other routes to get desperately. It was basically the same thing that she had said to Bayramov to get needed humanitarian supplies into Nagorno-Karabakh. And on September 6, the Tom Lantos Congressional Human Rights Commission hearing took place on Azerbaijan's ongoing blockade following opening remarks by Representative Chris Smith, uh, who is the co-chair of the commission, former ICC prosecutor Luis Moreno Ocampo, and adjunct professor David Phillips of Columbia University uh, provided testimony. What follows are some of the key points made by the speakers. During the hearing, Ocampo warned that if the United States doesn't take measures to stop the Azerbaijani blockade of the Lachin Corridor, then it will be responsible for genocide. Knowing that President Aliyev is using genocide and trying to deny genocide, the United States' assistance to deny the genocide could be considered complicity, he said. Reflecting on the hampered negotiations, Ocampo said, and this is uh, his words, the negotiation is between a genocider and his victims. You cannot ask for a negotiation between Hitler and the people in Auschwitz. It's not a negotiation. You have to stop Auschwitz and then discuss negotiation. And that, I think, is the secret here, he said. Representative Smith also made a statement saying this horrible crime, this crime of genocide, was planned, tested, and imposed by the government of Azerbaijan. That is to say, by President Aliyev, who rules Azerbaijan with an iron fist as a dictator. In his remarks, Professor Phillips stated, By being silent, by not acting, the Biden administration is making a statement that it values Azeri oil and gas more than it does the lives of Armenians in Artsakh adding that the international community failed to sanction individuals who committed crimes after the wars in 2016 and 2020. Its message of failure sent a communication to the government of Azerbaijan that it can act with impunity and escape repercussions for its crimes against humanity, ethnic cleansing, and acts of genocide. The speakers called on the Biden administration to act and stop Azerbaijan from committing genocide. Now, interestingly, the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and Administrator of USA, Samantha Power, were not present at the hearing, despite Smith's request for both of them to provide witnesses for the hearing. Smith stated that despite repeated requests by phone and email, neither responded, not even a response. 
Since 1995, I have chaired hundreds of hearings with the State Department or U.S. aid witnesses. This is a unique, a unique case of absolute non-response. And next week, on September 14, a hearing on the crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh will take place in the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Yuri Kim, the Assistant Secretary Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs at the State Department, and uh, Louis Bono, the Senior Advisor for Caucasus Negotiation, will be testifying during that hearing, and we'll be bringing a report to you about that next week. Now, on September 7, U.S. Representative Frank Pallone tweeted, Secretary Blinken is rightfully calling for an end to the blockade of the Lachin Corridor, but these words must be met with meaningful action, especially as the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh continues to worsen. The international press, including CNN, Le Monde, The Economist, and others, continued to publish articles on the catastrophic situation in Artsakh. On September 2, the New York Times published a piece reflecting uh, on the humanitarian crisis. A few days later, on September 6, assistant to Azerbaijani president Hikmet Hajiev tweeted uh, his open letter to the New York Times. Hajiev accused the publication of being pro-Armenian. While checking all of these articles, including the one in the New York Times, you get the impression that they have all been written in the same government studio or PR company financed by the Armenian lobby and government, Hajiev said. And two days before that, he accused the BBC of biased and one-sided reporting that spread, quote, lies. The tweet was a response to the BBC interview where Armenian-American musician Serge Tankian and former state minister of Artsakh, Ardak Beklarian, described the dire situation in Artsakh. And again, referring to the crisis in Artsakh, starting from September 5, bread will be sold in Stepanagert with vouchers only. Half a loaf of bread, around 200 grams, will be sold per person. And a colleague of ours, um, someone that we know, a journalist who's been working uh, and living in Stepanagert, has been tweeting about it all day. And it's really been quite heartbreaking to read how people are leaving empty-handed because they can't get bread uh, for their families. And on September 7, in an interview with uh, a French publication, West France, Artsakh's foreign minister, Sergei Razarian, said that the cause of every third death in Artsakh is because of hunger, starvation, and malnutrition. On September 5, throughout the week, the ICRC was able to facilitate the transfer of 29 patients from Artsakh to Armenia. Today, three patients who received treatment are expected to return to Artsakh. Well, last week we reported that Artsakh President Aray Karotunyan had resigned, and now new presidential elections will be taking place in Artsakh this Saturday, which is tomorrow. Four out of the five factions in the Artsakh parliament nominated Sambel Shahramanian, the current state minister of Nagorno-Karabakh, for the office of the president. Sambel Babayan, who is uh, the head of the United Fatherland faction, who has been a vocal critic of Harutunyan, initially announced that his party will abstain from voting and will instead stage a protest in Stepanagert. Later, it became clear that Babayan had made an effort to secure a nomination for himself. However, it was rejected because he was not able to meet the necessary criteria, uh, which is to present proof of a minimum of a 10-year residency in Artsakh, which he could not do. And just before recording this podcast, Artsakh's National Security Service announced that the internal situation 
in Artsakh is very tense and called on all political figures and citizens of Artsakh to refrain from escalating the situation. And we presume this is about Babayan's call to hold a protest tomorrow after the vote in parliament. On September 2, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan issued a statement on the 32nd anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence of Artsakh. He stated that Armenia expects the international community to take measures and prevent uh, Azerbaijan's ethnic cleansing policy against the Armenians uh, of Artsakh. Pashinyan emphasized that all statements about the non-existence of Nagorno-Karabakh as a territorial entity and that the Nagorno-Karabakh issue is resolved are groundless unless the issues of security and protection of the rights of the Armenians there are irrevocably addressed. In his statement, the Prime Minister also reaffirmed that Armenia will continue its efforts to ensure a normal life, security, and protection of rights in Nagorno-Karabakh. On the same day, Artsakh's foreign ministry also issued a statement on the occasion reiterating that Artsakh was and remains the core of pan-Armenian unity. It also called upon international actors involved in the Azerbaijani-Artsakh conflict settlement process to take immediate and efficient steps to prevent the ethnic cleansing of Artsakh and deportation of its indigenous people from the homeland. Armenia's defense ministry announced this week that Armenia will host the Eagle Partner 2023 joint Armenian-U.S. military exercise from September 11 to 20. The exercise involves stabilization tasks between conflicting parties during peacekeeping missions. The participants will include 85 American and 175 Armenian soldiers. Dmitry Peskov, Vladimir Putin's press secretary, said that Armenia's intention to hold military exercises with the USA is worrisome. Such news is a cause for concern, especially in the current situation. We will analyze this situation in depth, he said. The U.S. Embassy in Armenia stated that the U.S. is constantly conducting training and working with its partners to ensure readiness and continuously improve interoperability between their armed forces. The statement went on to say that Armenia is a long-standing partner of the U.S. and has had strong partnership relations with the Kansas National Guard since 2003 within the framework of the State Partnership Program of the U.S. Department of Defense. On September 2, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan expressed serious concern over Russia's failure to implement its peacekeeping mission in Nagorno-Karabakh. In an interview with the Italian La Repubblica newspaper, Pashinyan said that one of the main objectives of the presence of the Russian peacekeepers in Nagorno-Karabakh was to ensure the security of the civilian population. Pashinyan said that the Nagorno-Karabakh humanitarian crisis is, quote, a crisis of the international legal order because Azerbaijan is disregarding the ICJ rulings, ordering it to open the Lachin Corridor starting from February of 2023. He said, in this case, security involves the freedom of movement, and this right is not implemented, which is a matter of concern. The prime minister warned that there will never be peace between Armenia and Azerbaijan if the two countries fail to recognize each other's territorial integrity on the basis of the Alma-Ata declaration, he reiterated the Armenian government's commitment to advancing the peace agenda. Russia responded to Pashinyan through an unnamed diplomatic source and called his comments unacceptable and claimed that the West is trying to remove Russia from the region. However, Russia doesn't intend to leave as it is Armenia's closest neighbor and friend. The source that was interviewed by the Russian news agency TASS 
said that Pashinyan's comments on the peacekeepers are baseless attacks and added that the Armenian premier's controversial recognition of Azerbaijani sovereignty over Karapakh made the work of the Russian peacekeeping contingent as difficult as possible. And last week we had reported also that Maria Zakharova, the speaker of uh, Russia's foreign affairs ministry, you know, she basically blamed the blockade on because of Pashinyan's concessions uh, to Baku, including the recognition of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity. On September 5, on the proposal of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Viktor Biagov was recalled from uh, the position of permanent and plenipotentiary representative of Armenia in the Collective Security Treaty Organization. Now, Russia's foreign ministry spokesperson, Zakharova, stated that Russia has asked Armenia for clarifications regarding the Rome Statute, and they will decide their next steps based on the content of Yerevan's answer. As a reminder, last week, the Armenian government sent the Rome Statute to Parliament for ratification. It is not clear yet whether there is any clause or reservation in the statute regarding the arrest order for Russia's President Putin, which is uh, obviously a, a matter of concern here. Now, on September 6, Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov said that the only future of the Armenians of Gharapagh is dialogue with Baku and discussion of their future within Azerbaijan. That is their red line. He spoke about the relations with Yerevan and said, it took Armenia two and a half years after the end of the war for the prime minister of that country to finally even verbally recognize the territorial integrity of Azerbaijan, including Gharapagh. Now the time has come to confirm the oral declarations with an official signature. And for that, the work on the text of the peace agreement must be completed. Unfortunately, we see that the statements of the Armenian leadership do not correspond to the previous statements. Sometimes statements are made that deny what was done before, he said. He went on to say that Baku has a, quote, plan B for the opening of the so-called Zankezur corridor without the participation of Armenia. He said, at some point, it seems that we are close to the end of the work, but at the last moment, Armenia unexpectedly comes up with new approaches and the process again appears at a dead end. It is not constructive. Besides, it contradicts the provisions of the tripartite declaration. And Elchin Amirbekov, the special representative of Azerbaijan's uh, president, in an interview stated that, quote, Armenia has not withdrawn its 10,000 soldiers from Gharapakh. He went on to say that Armenia did not fulfill a number of points of the declaration of November 9. He added that the Armenian side has heavy military equipment in Gharapakh and continues to lay mines, does not provide accurate maps of mined areas, and does not reveal the places of mass burials. Armenia has repeatedly provided Azerbaijan with maps of the mined areas, denied Azerbaijani statements about mines, and the presence of Armenian armed forces in Artsakh. On September 5, the Russian co-chair of the OSC Minsk Group, who is also the special representative of the Russian foreign minister for the settlement of uh, Armenia-Azerbaijan relations, Igor Khovaev, met with President of Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev. According to Baku, Aliyev and Khovaev discussed the opening of Aghdam and Lachin roads. Aliyev announced that the Armenians of Gharapagh rejected the invitation of the Azerbaijani authorities to hold a meeting with the agenda of reintegration in Baku or other cities uh, in Azerbaijan. Khovaev announced that Russia will continue its efforts to normalize relations between the two countries and ensure a stable peace in the region. And in other interesting news, on September 6, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan's wife, Anna Hagopian, participated in the third summit of First Ladies and Gentlemen 
Um, it was called Mental Health, Resilience, and Vulnerability of the Future. This took place in Kiev. Hagopian was among the speakers in, an, in this event that was founded by the First Lady of Ukraine, Olena Zelenska. Before the opening ceremony, the delegations visited an exhibition dedicated to the children who died in the war. In commemoration of the victims, Hagopian and others paid tribute by placing a symbolic stuffed toy at the site. Hagopian delivered a speech at the summit. She spoke about the tragedy of war and the ongoing blockade of Artsakh. She invited attendees to the upcoming Women Political Leaders Democracy Peace and Security Summit that is to take place in Yerevan this October. Ukrainian President Zelensky and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken also delivered remarks. The First Ladies of Lithuania, Serbia, Denmark, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Slovenia, and Estonia were in attendance. After the summit, Anna Hagopian visited the St. Sofia Cathedral of Kiev, where Armenian inscriptions dating back to the 16th century are preserved. On September 5, it was reported that Armenia is providing humanitarian assistance to Ukraine for the first time since the Russian invasion of the country, and Hagopian personally delivered that aid. On September 7, Armenia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, Arad Mirzoyan, was in the United Arab Emirates on an official visit. He met with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, Abdullah bin Zayed Al Nain, in Abu Dhabi. Mirzoyan highlighted that the UAE is an important uh, partner for Armenia in the region and expressed readiness to continue mutually beneficial dialogue in various areas through joint efforts. Both sides also emphasized that. The weekly 30 flights between the two countries are significantly contributing to the intensification of business ties, tourism, cultural and uh, cooperation. The ministers also spoke about the upcoming Armenia-UAE business forum that is to be held in Yerevan. Mirzoyan briefed the foreign minister on the current security situation in the South Caucasus and Armenia's vision to achieve peace and stability in the region. On September 5, Arat Mirzoyan had a telephone conversation with Annalena Baerbock, the Federal Minister for Foreign Affairs of Germany. Mirzoyan said that the actions of the Azerbaijani Armed Forces against the sovereign territory of Armenia that uh, just took place recently on September 1 were another manifestation of Azerbaijan's continuous aggressive behavior. He added that Baku destabilized the situation in the South Caucasus by its actions, which should be condemned by the international community. Both sides emphasized the consequences of the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh for the population and the urgency of overcoming the crisis. APA News reported that Baerbock had a phone conversation with Azerbaijani Foreign Minister Bayramov. The ministers discussed the current situation in the region and the Armenian-Azerbaijani peace process. Bayramov said that Armenia's claims about the tense humanitarian situation and the blockade are groundless and are political speculation. According to him, the rejection of Azerbaijan's proposal to use the Ardam Road simultaneously with the Lachin Corridor proves the falsehood of the statements about the humanitarian situation. Bayramov claimed that Armenia takes provocative steps and does not withdraw its military units from uh, quote, Azerbaijani territories, which is a source of threat and hinders efforts to establish peace and security in the post-war phase. The Azerbaijan news agency did not present the views expressed by the German foreign minister. On September 6, a briefing was held with foreign defense attaches and representatives accredited to the Republic of Armenia at the premises of uh, Armenia's Ministry of Defense. During the meeting, the defense attaches were briefed on the operational situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border by the head of the Department of Defense Policy and International Cooperation, Levon Ayvazyan. 
It was noted that Armenia's armed forces are taking necessary steps to prevent further escalation of the situation. On September 7, Armenia's Defense Minister Suren Babikian postponed his planned trip to Cyprus. Uh, following this, Babikian held a phone call with the Defense Minister of Cyprus, where he presented the current situation on the border. Bilateral relations, especially in the field of defense, were discussed. Both sides expressed willingness to further expand their cooperation. During the call, uh, the Cypriot foreign minister expressed his country's full support for the Armenian people and expressed hope for a bilateral meeting in the near future. And uh, that same day, uh, Babikian, Armenia's defense minister, met with French ambassador to Armenia, Olivier de Cotinier. The sides discussed issues of regional security. No further details were revealed. And on September 2, Armenia's Ministry of Defense reported that two Armenian servicemen, Arman Babajanian and Artur Borosian, were killed as a result of an explosion while carrying out um, some construction work. The report stated that an investigation is underway to fully clarify the circumstances of the incident. And Canada will open an embassy in Yerevan in October. This will take place during Canada's foreign minister, Melanie Jolie's visit to the country. On September 7, Gora Prahamian of the investigative committee reported that seven people were arrested in Sunik for possessing and selling ammunition and other arms to people in Goris. Sputnik Armenia journalist Ashot Gevorkian and a known pro-Russian blogger, Mika Batalyan, were among those uh, arrested. And today, Ivan Melnikov, the vice president of the Russian branch of the International Committee for the Protection of Human Rights, appealed to the prosecutor general of Armenia with a request to support the release of the detained. Citing various international norms, the application stated that illegally prosecuting journalists is unacceptable. The Russian embassy in Armenia announced yesterday that they will take steps to find out the circumstances of the incident. The embassy stated, we are in contact with the editors of this news agency. He's referring to uh, Sputnik Armenia. We are carefully following the development of the situation. A criminal investigation has been launched by the National Security Service of Armenia. And former Deputy Mayor of Yerevan, Vaheni Goyan, uh, is charged with abuse of official position. And this, again, we've spoken about this in the past. This is has to do with Sanitech, which was uh, the company responsible for garbage removal and sanitary cleaning services that they actually did not perform for several years. According to the investigation, as a result, the budget suffered damage in the amount of 3 billion Armenian dirhams. The investigator of the Anti-Corruption Committee submitted a motion to the supervising prosecutor to initiate a criminal prosecution against Nigoyan. The investigation is now in process. And on September 7, during the cabinet meeting, it was announced that the high post building, this is Armenia's uh, postal service building, located on Saryan Street in Yerevan, will be sold to the Renshin Company in order to implement uh, an investment project called World Trade Center. Maybe they should have come up with a better name, but Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan added that uh, instead of the high post building, a large complex will be built in the middle of Saryan Baronian streets. Uh, in his estimation, a building of such a scale has not yet been built in Armenia. He said the World Trade Center is a global business network all over the world, and we want that flag to be placed on the global business map in Armenia. And on September 5, Armenia's legendary uh, gymnast Albert Azarian passed away at the age of 94. Azarian was a three-time Olympian, four-time world champion, and two-time European champion. He was most famous for a special element that he created uh, during uh, his time on the rings that is named after him. It's called the Azarian Cross. 
And uh, in other sports news, today Armenia will be playing against Turkey in the UEFA Euro 2024. Armenia's team manager, Alexander Petrokov, has said that his players are ready for the upcoming game. Uh, he said that the match against Turkey is highly important and that the Armenian players are healthy and ready. And yesterday, weightlifter Gor Sahagyan won the bronze medal at the World Championship Weightlifting World Championship taking place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And that's the kind of week we've had here in Armenia and Artsakh. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we'll be back again next week. <laughs>